everybody and welcome to Tinker Talks. My name is Mark Hybers. I am your host for this session. Uh, Tinker Talks is an audio format podcast that discusses what goes on behind the fence of one of the Air Force's largest bases. Today we're here to talk about a very important topic and that's our people, as well as the resilience tactical pause our Air Force is taking in response to a rise in suicides. The strains put on our most valued resource, our people, are getting higher uh, with each and every year. Keeping up with day-to-day -day life and the speed at which it's happening can create burdens of proportions never seen before among our airmen. Uh, and when I say airmen, I do mean big A airmen. That's, mm -hmm. that's our uh, uniformed and civilian counterparts alike. Uh, these strains can put people in a position of feeling overwhelmed, like there's no place or no one to turn to. After all, nothing is slowing down, and no matter how a person feels or overwhelmed they are, it's still not going to slow down. Each airman, no matter the uniform, no matter the rank or the time in service, no matter the job, plays an integral role in the mission. Each person matters. Today we are joined by the Oklahoma City Air, Log Air Logistics Complex Commander Brigadier General Chris Hill and the 564th Aircraft Maintenance Squadron Director Mr. Mark Astorga. They're here to talk to us about Tinker's most valued resource, concerns about rising suicides in the Air Force, and to talk about resources that are available. So uh, with that, gentlemen, good morning, and uh, thank you very much for joining us today. Good morning, Mark. Thanks for having us. Thanks, sir. Mm. Uh, first off, sir, if you could just kind of give us a, a little bit of background about who you are and uh, how you got to this point, and uh, so people can connect with you. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, it's an honor to uh, have the opportunity to uh, lead an organization like the Oklahoma City Air Logistics Complex. I'm in my 29th year of active duty commission service. Um, I'm uh, really proud to lead uh, an innovative, award-winning, uh, really engine of readiness for our Air Force. Um, the Oklahoma City Air Logistics Complex is a network of um, really air logistics complexes, supply chain management wings, and air base wings across the Air Force Sustainment Center and to more than 20 different locations um, that really um, over time has uh, grown to become, uh, as I said, an engine of readiness for uh, the United States Air Force and uh, other services and our allies. Uh, my story um, in the Sustainment Center began um, when the Sustainment Center stood up in um, 2012. And I'm a proud plank owner. Um, I served uh, at another location for uh, three years uh, in this business and absolutely loved it. Um, left the movie, came back, and I've been really, really impressed to see how uh, much the organization has grown uh, and how more, how mature um, our processes uh, have become and how much more effective uh, we've uh, grown to be uh, in getting our business done uh, day in and day out. Uh, being at the Oklahoma City Air Logistics Complex is a real treat. Um, it, as you mentioned, is uh, the largest among the three ALCs. Uh, and in fact, it's the largest in uh, the Department of Defense with more than 10,200 employees. Uh, the majority of those are uh, civil servants, uh, civilian airmen, uh, and less than 120 of us um, in the organization are wearing the uniform day in and day out. But uh, I will tell you that uh, that is by no measure um, a, uh, a means to evaluate patriotism, uh, uh, service before self, excellence, uh, and quite frankly, or, nor integrity. So uh, we really look, as you mentioned, 
uh, at our team as a team of teams, mm -hmm. uh, as well as um, uh, a, a great uh, engine of readiness for our Air Force. Right, amazing. And that, that, that team of teams, of course, also is where Mr. Mr. Astorga comes in. So, sir, if you could just give us a, a quick background on, on how long you've been here and, and what your, your function at the ALC is. Absolutely. I'm currently the director of depot maintenance for the KC-135 aircraft. I've worked at Tinker Air Force Base for 23 years and has served as a supervisor and a mentor for the last 17 years. Prior to coming to Tinker Air Force Base, I served four years as a state trooper in the Oklahoma Highway Patrol, and prior to that, I served our community as a public school teacher in both the Guthrie Public Schools and the Middale Public School System. Amazing. So we, we have a lot of service here. Yeah. Well, and, and interesting, I, 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 um, the thing I like about Mark's story is that I, I think in many ways, uh, those two careers prior to coming to Tinker have equipped him uh, with what he has to do every day. Uh, especially uh, as we think about the mission mm -hmm. uh, and we think about how critical uh, the KC-135 is to providing uh, rapid mobility to our global Air Force. It's a, it's a tremendous opportunity. So Mark Scott, he's the, he's the perfect leader at the perfect time uh, here at uh, Tinker. Awesome. And runs a large squadron, which we'll get into here pretty shortly. Right. Um, so, sir, a, a few weeks ago, the Chief of Staff of the Air Force released an open letter to airmen. Uh, in that letter, he expressed a deep concern over the rise of suicides in our Air Force. In fact, it's now the leading cause of death among Air Force people uh, for the past five years. In this letter, the CSAF also announced that the Air Force will conduct a resilience tactical pause. Um, so in that whole letter with this whole topic and conversation, there's obviously a whole lot to unpack, but sure. um, let's first just start by addressing the resilience tactical pause that is taking place throughout our Air Force and here at Tinker Air mm -hmm. Force Base. And uh, so, sir, maybe you could kind of take us through what, what does that mean? Sure. Well, the intent behind the tactical pause is really twofold. Uh, first, it's to, to provide leaders the opportunity to engage uh, their airmen mm -hmm. and engage in a manner that fosters an and promotes really interpersonal connections. Uh, the second purpose really is to actively seek their feedback on resilience. And, and um, every unit uh, is tasked to choose dates uh, between the 1st of August and the 15th of September. Um, and as you might know from that timeline, we're really sort of on the, uh, the terminal glide slope of that time frame, right. and so for more than a month now, um, our leaders have been out and engaged um, and uh, really promoting uh, this culture of connection uh, mm -hmm. among our airmen. And, uh, and, and what we mean by that is really promoting the trust uh, that we have in uh, respect uh, that we have uh, between relationships um, of our people at work. And when you think about how much time uh, we spend at work uh, day in and day out, right. um, and you do the math, you, you'll figure uh, assessing non-sleeping hours, uh, we spend more time uh, with the people that we work with every day than for most of us than we spend with our own families uh, day in and day out. And in an organization like Mark's uh, that runs seven days a week in many areas, um, trust, uh, commitment, and a culture of connection are really important. Right. That's amazing. Um, and so, sir, is, as the CSAF said in his letter, um, the issue of suicide prevention is command team business. Yeah. 
in, in what way will you be able to provide training and awareness to your leadership teams in order for them to successfully communicate that at all levels all the way down through the chain? So we have an array of resources um, that are available uh, to our airmen. Mm -hmm. um, and our leaders, um, certainly at Mark's level, understand um, really what an integrated delivery system portfolio or a menu of opportunity is. Um, the, the folks that we're trying to reach um, are the 565 first-line supervisors that we have across the organization and helping them understand um, the tools they have in the toolbox mm -hmm. uh, to be able to meet a need um, is really what we're after. Uh, we do that through several ways. Uh, we've got uh, new supervisor training where that's introduced. Um, uh, we've got several handbooks um, that uh, supervisors can use. Um, these are all at the sort of the desktop um, interface, point and click kind of opportunity. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, the majority of our employees um, don't sit behind a computer, right? They don't have that, necessarily have that, net, that um, quick access, that desktop point and click access, um, because they're working with their hands in other ways. Uh, you know, turning wrenches, uh, bending sheet metal, um, you know, turning aircraft noise into freedom. And that um, is really the connection that we're trying to make across all levels of supervision and leadership. Uh, to ensure that um, those folks that are actually out there working with their hands understand the resources that are available to them in a time of need. All right, that's a, just a, a big challenge, um, but uh, the processes are there, um, and they we do a great job. I mean, it is obviously a huge challenge at, at this type of magnitude to, to reach all the way down. Like you said, because not everybody's connected to a computer. Right. You know, there are people who have no time on a computer at all. Um, so knowing that suicide is the leading cause of death in the Air Force, um, how can we or how can your units creating environments, um, how can you empower individuals to go seek support? And Mr. Astorga, this might be a, a great question for you, sir. All right. Well, as an example, the, the KC-135 team starts with a training program for a leadership team. Mm -hmm. We have a robust system in place that uh, all 135 supervisors attend monthly. So we'll, we will fold this type of initiative that, that meets the intent of the command decisions that are made. Uh, the squadron has several mechanisms in place to convey this type of relevant and important information. The first of those being what we call a Tuesday news day, where the first line supervisor meets with the employee and discusses any and all things relative to the workplace and the workforce. It could be about an airplane, it could be about happenings in society, it could be something as, as important as, as the suicide awareness that we're talking about today. The second thing is each squadron conducts a weekly walk the wall at the squadron level to identify gaps in our production and process improvement efforts. And these walk walls help identify and resolve many constraints since uh, many of the members in the total enterprise are there in attendance. Since people are one of the key components of our leadership model, we address the total force health, the total force health at all these events, and we, we addressed this particular topic at last Thursday's Walk the Wall on 135s. The third opportunity we have is a monthly newsletter called the Tanker Talk that is sent to all employees and, and highlighted in, in hanging up on bulletin boards, if you will, if they don't have the computer at, readily at hand that uh, talks to production information, employee recognition, and all hot or special emphasis topics, and we'll roll this simply into our existing mechanisms for, 
for identifying and communicating things to our people. And lastly, that the general spoke to this earlier is myself and Deputy Director Craig Rayner are accomplishing a year-long roadshow, if you will, where we go out and talk to the individual work locations and have an interactive sharing of information in a small group setting, usually 20 people or less, so that each employee can hear uh, and see the vision from our production teams and if they have questions and answers, they can ask the boss a question and we'll give them an answer. Mm -hmm. And we can, we started in January with this particular effort and we're expecting to complete that in, in January of next year. We've given such good feedback on the way we're interacting with our employees and the staff that we probably won't stop. Right. We're just going to continue on and do it year after year because th things will change. Society changes. Mm -hmm. Things that are important will change, but the messaging can't change. Right. You know, we know that we can grow uh, mushrooms in the dark, but you can't grow people that way. And so Good we have point. to be able to get out there and, and communicate with them, let them know how the business is going, let them know what's important to the leaders in the Air Force. That's a great point because th this obviously is not, um, it's, it's not preventative like we're going to do this for two months and then and then stop you know this is going to be an ongoing ongoing thing um, so yeah could you tell us a little bit more about the, the feedback well when we, we had a session this morning because we, we've had them every every Wednesday mm -hmm. uh, two sessions a day uh, on every Wednesday since the start of the year they the employees are, are happy to know that we care about what they're what they're going through what they're seeing what they're what they're impacted by mm -hmm. uh, we get questions about um, uh, of course, equipment that they need to help support and do their work. Uh, they're they're inundated. They they get a lot of information relative to the wingman concept and, and taking care of your friends and taking care of your coworkers. And as the general said, we spend more time with our coworkers than we do our family members most of the time. And you see that when you go out into these individual shops and out on the flat line where the people the rubber meets the road, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so the feedback has been, thanks for coming, thanks for sharing, you really do care. We, we didn't know that. We don't, we don't see you just once a year. You're actually coming to see us and not making us come see you. Right. And so they don't get called to the boss's office for a conversation. We're going out amongst the folks doing the work where, where the heavy lifting is done and saying, hey, what can we help you with? Right. What do you need assistance with? And it, it's, it's, been, it's going well. We, we haven't gotten negative feedback for going out and to see the people. And that's the beauty of it. And Mark, I want to jump in because um, what's, what's interesting about, uh, from a broader perspective about the resilience tactical pause and, um, is that we see a difference between uh, what we say that we value uh, and then what uh, our airmen experience, right? And so uh, when we think about building on workplace connections, mm -hmm. uh, that engagement, what Mark and his team are doing um, is really, really important that taking that time to have those conversations uh, will promote a culture um, where uh, conversations are, will more readily happen uh, at a different level and between employees. And, and so we believe that that's where um, a difference will be made in the future, right? Uh, because I'm, it's, it's not likely uh, that uh, a problem is going to reach directly to Mark Astorga or directly to me at my level. But the point is that if we're engaged at the lowest levels mm -hmm. uh, and they understand uh, how they can help one another and they're ready to help right. uh, connect a, a need uh, to a resource, uh, we think we can make a difference in the future. Well, that's great. This is very forward thinking that was already out in front of everything that's already happening. Uh, and I, I actually particularly find it fascinating that you 
you're able to work that into Art of the Possible, uh, AOP, Walk the Walls. And I think that's, that's a, probably something that a lot of people would probably love to hear and see how you integrate that because you normally you're just thinking all process. You know, AOP is just all process driven and we're worried about mission, but uh, that's a unique and, and uh, very, very cool, I think. Hey, hey, well, Mark, let me jump in on that, sure. right? So if you mm -hmm. read the Art of the Possible handbook mm -hmm. and you word search that whole thing, you're gonna find leadership is mentioned more than 400 times in that 200 page book, right? right? And um, we believe in a leadership culture that values transparency, uh, teamwork, credibility, accountability, respect, and engagement. Right. And that's exactly um, what Mark just described. That's awesome, very, very awesome. Um, and so, sir, General Hill, um, you have thousands of airmen working for you and your command mm -hmm. uh, and would obviously have no way of interacting or connecting with them all. I mean, that's just not possible. How important is it for you to ensure that your command team is equipped with the best tools uh, like the AOP that we just talked about to help them guide those that, that are in need. Sure. It's absolutely essential. And, and let me tell you, Mark, I, I, I take my shots when I get them, right? Mm -hmm. So when we have a, a quarterly uh, celebration uh, for award winners, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about resilience. I'm gonna talk about helping one another. Uh, when we get together as a command team, and we do that quite often, uh, we are talking about um, uh, how we're engaging the workforce, uh, how our first and second line supervisors um, are engaged. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm also asking them for stories, right? And, and, and in this type of equation, it's very difficult to, uh, to prove what didn't happen, right? right? Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, we're asking for um, stories about uh, engagement, intervention, uh, collaboration, prevention, um, where uh, we've got help-seeking behaviors uh, coming from employees and leaders, peer leaders, uh, appointed leaders, are providing the means uh, and the steps and the assistance required to, to connect um, uh, folks in need uh, with helping agencies and enablers for success. Right. Uh, so that for us is really, really important. And uh, uh, one of the things I like about this uh, period um, for the Resiliency Tactical Pause is I've got more than a half a dozen examples of uh, where uh, people from all across this organization have said, I need help. Mm. Uh, and peers and leaders have said, we're here to help you. Uh, and have connected them to uh, different agencies, uh, whether that's the Employee Assistance Program um, or other uh, uh, mental health agencies and, and provided support um, to really mitigate uh, a very tactical and personal need. Right. Uh, and that to me is really the essence of leadership right. and, and that is certainly not done at my level. Right. Um, so I really um, want to compliment um, those folks um, who stand in the gap uh, for people in need and provide um, uh, what I'll call the, the tactile leadership uh, to make a positive change in the lives of the people they work with. Right. Incredible. It, it starts with one. Um, and down to that leadership team, so this, this may be a good question for you, Mr. Astorga, is uh, we, we hear the term resilient quite often, um, but what does that mean to you to be resilient and, and how do you 
kind of push that down to your first line supervisors to get that word out? You know, resiliency to me is overcoming adversity. You know, sometimes you'll hear it said is being able to get up one more time than you're knocked down. Mm -hmm. You know, our, our nation was built on that type of uh, that type of concept. And when we go out and we and we see folks and we interact with them day to day, I mean, life happens to everyone. Right. I mean, th this circle of life has been going on for ages and ages and ages. But it seems in our our society today, with uh, with the amount of technology that we have, it seems to be moving faster and faster. Mm -hmm. And so people sometimes can't keep up with that. Uh, but what what we've come to understand, and just like the general described, if you if you meet somebody in the hallway and say, "How's it going?" Be prepared to hear an answer. Right. Don't just keep walking by. So we have to be sure we have the ears to hear a message if we're asking the questions. So that's the other part of the, the that's the, the real meat on the bone to us right. is actually waiting to see if they say, hi, I'm okay. Or hey, you changed your attitude from yesterday. You look different today. Mm -hmm. You came in work late today. You left early yesterday. I mean, we see people coming and going all the time and by the thousands. But do we have the, the methodology and the wherewithal to, to leave the 99 folks and go talk to the one folk? I mean, that, that's the important piece. Right. Hearing is one thing. Listening is critical. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And so, sir, it, it's clear that leaders are in the driver's seat. Um, there's a large responsibility in changing the culture and stigma associated with reaching out for, for help to support. Do you have those tough conversations with your airmen or consider sharing personal stories with them that, that may help? Absolutely. Uh, and I will tell you that... Um, uh, I've been affected by suicide personally in, uh, in my earliest leadership experiences. Um, and I tell people this is tough, mm -hmm. right? This is a tough thing to talk about. Um, it's, it's a, it is absolutely a um, humbling experience um, if you've been touched by uh, a tragic event like a suicide. Okay. Um, I believe that resilience um, really is the capacity uh, to absorb um, a disturbance mm -hmm. and uh, still maintain uh, basic functions and structures, right? Okay. And so um, as an organization, um, we talk all the time about our ability uh, to do just that. Um, I've heard numerous stories, numerous individuals um, say that uh, if it wasn't for an engagement, if it wasn't for <clears throat> someone saying to me, no, how are you doing mm -hmm. today? Um, I had a plan. And, uh, and I, had, I was this far away from executing a plan. Uh, so <clears throat> I believe every contact matters. Um, I believe that... Uh, um, no matter uh, the tyranny of the calendar or the, the rush or the busyness uh, that we're all in in our business, um, we've got to be able to take time um, uh, because I think that that time is, is important. Uh, Mark said it, it, you know, change is a constant, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think if you look back over history, you'll find that the, um, that the species that uh, was most adapted to change uh, was the species that has survived the longest. Right. And uh, the rate of change that we see now means that it's not always going to be the fastest uh, or the strongest uh, that survived. Mm -hmm. um, we've got to have uh, meaningful conversations about um, adapting to change. Uh, and I know in my 29 years, 
it's accelerating. Right. And we've got to be ready for it. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So ultimately, um, suicide prevention is the responsibility of everyone. I mean, we all play our, our role in this. Um, discuss how military and civilian airmen all play a role in taking care of one another uh, to prevent losing another airman to suicide. How, how is it all of our responsibility? So we've, we've been training on this across the Air Force for a long time. We've been talking about this as, as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. And I, I go back to the basic tenets of ACE, right? Ask, care, escort, right? And right. if you know how to ask, if you know, and if you care, uh, and you know where to escort uh, someone for help, um, I think those are the basic premises. I, I don't believe we need to overcomplicate it, right? Uh, and that uh, we see actually going on every day. Obviously, we're not doing it enough. Uh, and uh, we don't control all the var- variables in the equation, right? right? Uh, it, we've got to know. Um, and we've got to be ready to respond, ready to help. Right. Yeah. And uh, that kind of takes us to that next point where you say we have to know. And a common fear among those who want to seek help uh, is the mental health stigma, right? So how can you ensure active duty and civilians alike that they should not fear stigma and, and really feel like it's okay to come seek help? Yeah, I, I think the bottom line is there's got to be trust. Um, and uh, an individual needs to trust their friend. Uh, an individual needs to trust their supervisor uh, before they're going to ask for help, I believe. And uh, in the, the core of every, fa- uh, and the foundation of every relationship is trust. Um, and, and what comes along with that trust is the credibility to respond. Um, I know that every mental health provider um, has a, a, a duty um, to privacy. Um, I know that chaplains, uh, our Air Force chaplain team, especially the one here at Tinker, are absolutely on the spot. Right. Um, I wish we had more of them, and I know Colonel Filchek wishes he had more too. <laughs> uh, but the truth is, they also have a duty to privacy uh, when it comes to counseling uh, and when it tum- comes to help-seeking behavior. And so, um, first and foremost, uh, those are the avenues that we see uh, people plugging into, and uh, that's what we really want to make sure that we're promoting. Mr. Storgum, you, you, in, in fact, actually, this could come right over into your lane where um, the general talks about building the trust, and I think part of that trust building is doing just what you guys are doing here in the complex, where if you stop somebody in the hallway and you ask them how they're doing. Absolutely. You, get, you got to be, be ready for the answer. You got to be ready if they don't tell you an answer. So you have to also be educated some. You know, we, we have, we've already highlighted our, our su- supervisor development training program, but when we push it to the second to fourth level supervisors and say, hey, th- this is what we, we value, this is what's important to us, because we're, we're also asking and looking at them, because these types of issues aren't uh, just at the, the worker level. At right. the, at the, they're also going to affect uh, mid-level supervisors, mm-hmm. second level supervisors, squadron commanders, and so you're looking and listening at it for everyone. And so when, when they see us talking to, say, a second or third line supervisor asking them the same thing, you know, I, I guess uh, faith without works is dead, so you have to go and ask. You mm-hmm. can't just have a hope and, you know, and hope that you do it right. You have to show them. Right. So. Yeah, because, I mean, 
There is still always that stigma, so you, it, it, this is going to be a long process to, for people to understand that that trust is there. But, but I think time has changed some of that, maybe, maybe for some of that. I mean, mm -hmm. back, back when we were growing up, you, I think that stigma was definitely there. Right. I mean, people were labeled more so than they are, but, but I think with the world has become a smaller place. It wasn't mm -hmm. like it was when I was a kid. Right. You know, so now I think uh, people that seek help, they have opportunities that we didn't maybe have seen in the past, and, and it's more accepted. And so, but if you know people who've already gone out there and said, hey, I know that, that uh, employee X has asked for help, and look, he's still here and he's working, he's providing for his family. Right. I think that makes an inroad into other folks so they can actually see a real life example that it will work. Right. There are, people can stay in the workforce. I mean, Tinker's a great place to work. Right. I mean, people come here from 44 of our 77 counties. It's a big deal. Right. And, and they provide for their families because they come here and do the, and do the job that we need them to do. But, but I think it's kind of changed over time. I think people are accepting when people need the help. Right. And if we, I think we've made some tremendous strides over the years, um, as you said. So how important is it to you, sir, as a leader, that your people know that they're in an environment and work for an organization that truly values and allows them the opportunity to seek assistance if, if it's needed? Well, in, in, the, in the 135 program we highlighted earlier that uh, our face-to-face -face communication is vitally important on the topic. And we had this face-to-face -face, uh, training and communication with our first-level supervisors just last week on the 27th of August. So we, we've initiated the action for us. During that meeting, of course, we were able to convey, uh, as I spoke earlier, having ears to hear and to be able to be aware and, and, and understand what our people are trying to, trying to tell them. Um, they were also empowered not only to supervise, but as the general said, but to lead. So if, if we're asking them, how they're doing, they can go and do the same thing, but we're leading them by example, not just by book. Right. Uh, we also highlighted, like I said, that fellow supervisors may need assistance because life happens to everyone. And we here at Tinker, we mirror society, and sometimes our folks you know, find themselves providing care for their elderly parents or raising their grandchildren or uh, sometimes battling cancer or depression, and people have blended families of all types, so these types of pressures are on everyone all the time. But our workforce understands w with additional training and continued engagement that life happens to all and we have to try to ensure that our workforce is, our workforce is holistically healthy, wealthy, and wise to be able to come in and do the work required by our nation. And we, we need all the people here you know, as often as we can get them. Right. And when they don't, they'll, they'll go get help and we want to, to re-energize them and bring them back into the fold so they can continue to do the work that's required. Right, excellent, excellent points. Um, and to that end, sir, mm -hmm. then what resources do we have out there available to our airmen? So, so there are like a, an entire toolbox of opportunities mm -hmm. uh, in helping agencies. Uh, I, if you look alone at the integrated delivery system here at Tinker, there are more than 20 um, different organizations uh, that are aligned to help airmen military and civilian um, to resolve issues uh, that are you know present in a changing world right. um, if there are two things that I would ask um, uh, all of our employees all of our airmen uh, to do it, it it is to put two phone numbers out of that list of 20 right. um, in their cell phones 
and it's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 and the Employee Assistance Program at 1-800-222-0364. Um, put those numbers in your phone and be ready to help uh, when one of your friends, one of your coworkers, a colleague uh, needs help, you'll be ready to help them. You'll dial your phone and you'll say, let's talk to a pro and let's get the help um, for one another and let's stay connected and to do the big mission that we've got right. to do together. Excellent, and, and, and I think that's a, a great place to end the conversation. I mean, this we could, we could probably talk for hours and days on this, but uh, that's a great point to wrap up. Uh, and with that, uh, General Hill and Mr. Astorga, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, to come talk to us about this. Uh, it's a very important conversation that isn't going to stop with, with our talk here today. Um, and so with that, thank you everybody for joining us on this episode of Tinker Talks. Uh, please don't forget to join us on our social media sites. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Tinker Air Force Base. And of course, uh, on Twitter at Team underscore Tinker. So until next time, everybody have a great day and great week. Thanks, Mark. It's been great.